This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode of Bad About Movies is brought to you by audible.com. Audible.com is the number one resource for finding and discovering audiobooks. And audible.com has all the hottest titles and most popular books available, including the New York Times bestsellers. Maybe you've been wanting to read more, or maybe you have a resolution next year to ingest more literature. Well, there's no reason to wait. Start that journey today through the joy and pleasure of audiobooks. Visit audible.com slash mad. That's audible.com slash mad to start your 30-day trial today. Thanks again to Audible for making this episode happen. Now let's start the show. You sound insane. You realize that? All right, we're going to start and kick things off right from the top here. Empire Strikes Back. No introduction needed. Uh, we're going to go. We have the crew here. Richard, Kent, Brian. We're going to go general thoughts. Uh, we have Jason here as well, Davidson. So we're going to start him with out. him. Just Jason out <laughs> yeah. for that headset. Well, we're going to start start him out here with his general thoughts on Empire Strikes Back. What does it become? What are some memories you have of seeing it? All that. I, I, I really like Empire. I think I'm with with most people in considering that it's the, the best uh, of the, uh, the the two trilogies as far as like a filmmaking standpoint in terms of you know narrative structure, film technique, the performances, the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 just excellent. I, I happen to be one that I like Star Wars more, but it's because it's where I was first captured by the universe and sure. the way that uh, everything was structured. Like I I am. I, I love the first Star Wars. Uh, I think Empire is definitely the best film, but I definitely uh, Star Wars is my favorite of it. But Empire is just a it's just a masterpiece. It's the number one. And it, would it be your favorite? Would you classify it or go as far as to say that it's your favorite? It's go Jason. Ahead. I'm asking you. Uh, Empire. Yeah. Um, uh, New Hope's my favorite. Okay, like New Hope's the one that I enjoy the most. I'm sorry when I, I, I I've got this thing where I've called it Star Wars for so long. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, whenever I say Star Wars, I pretty much always mean New Hope. Yeah, same. So uh, for me, they're titled Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. Right. Those are the those are the three names of the film. So I apologize for the confusion there. Yeah, New Hope is my favorite. Uh, definitively my favorite, but Empire's the best film. Richard, any memories, thoughts on seeing this? Yeah, when I was a kid, I didn't rewatch this one that often because it was just a little bit too intense and too right. uh, kind of filmmakery for me because <laughs> I like things like the Three Ninjas and stuff like that, <laughs> and I like Ewoks. Uh, Which Three Ninjas? We should. Okay, if I should rank them, <laughs> yeah, I go knuckle up. I go first, kick, kick back. No, I kick back number one because I go to Japan. Oh. Knuckle up. Tidbit, by the way. Kickback filmed after Knuckle Up, but Knuckle Up came out after Kickback. Wow. Long story. Then I'd go original, and then number scenes. four, obviously, is High Noon at Mega Mountain. But that's – I digress. <laughs> so 
Um, I'm impressed. We could do a whole retrospective yeah, on that. When you guys said we're doing the original trilogy, I thought yeah. that's what you meant. <laughs> so I came really prepared with Three Ninjas stuff. And, Excellent. Uh, anyway, no, but I so I recently rewatched a couple years ago Empire for the first time since I was a kid, and it's definitely the favorite of for adult Richard. Yeah, um, but stupid seven year old Richard, it's his least favorite. But yeah. he's an idiot, and <laughs> yeah. and. Um, and he liked above ground pools, and he ate skittles, <laughs> skittles for breakfast, and uh, was a above huge ground pools. No one likes those. <laughs> yeah, seven year old Richard did exactly. That's why I killed him, and um, assumed his identity. <laughs> I was a drifter kid, um, but uh, so that's where I, I said on Empire. I think it's it's the best. It's the most emotive and well shot and yeah. well written uh, Star Wars. By a lot. But Brian, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I I think Star Wars. A New Hope gets some credit for being the first and uh, and kind of setting the tone for everything else. I think Return of the Jedi, we'll talk about here in a little bit, is my favorite, or on our next episode anyway. That's probably my favorite, uh, just because of when I was uh, born and came into Star Wars existence. Uh, but Empire is... I think Empire is the best one. It's the best written. It's got... A much more complex narrative structure than the first film did especially and it really it takes the it's still a simple concept or a familiar concept i guess but uh there's a there's a little more maturity to it and it's heavier i mean it's just a heavier film but at, i mean the thing is adding kirshner who, who direct Irvin kirshner um really pushed the film and pushed the franchise as a whole yeah it took it from fun space adventure space opera kind of thing into well these are like really good films and even though it didn't get a uh, best picture nomination the way that uh, a new hope did i think it's just 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 specifically from a filmmaking standpoint it's it's the best of the of the bunch and uh it really kind of i think it furthers the dramatic elements of that whole the whole universe so much more than any other film or or entity i said it before now and i don't know if i've said it on this but i'll say it again uh it doesn't fall into the typical let's make a sequel right uh sequel syndrome i guess at that point in time sequels weren't that common sure Mm -hmm. you know uh there weren't a lot of movies successful enough to warrant a sequel Mm -hmm. and uh a lot of maybe a lot of that had to do with the fact that they didn't want to soil the name or good name of the original if you did have a successful movie you thought you'd ruin uh, a good thing so they make a sequel to this um more of a continuation of the story than a sequel um i think they had planned on doing a sequel all along or george had that's what george wanted george george knew that was going to happen right Um, whether it was going to happen was was different or not right anyway um didn't try to outdo really what they did in the first ones didn't try to you know, cram more characters into it than they had to. Didn't really try to do a bigger action set piece than than they had before. Sure. Um, really spent more time developing the characters and really getting us from point A, which is A New Hope, to point B, which is Return of the Jedi. Sure. And yeah. being kind of bridging the gap between the two films. They do so in a very exciting and professional way that uh, it ends up being like the it's not meant to be that way. It's really meant to be a bridge between sure. the two. Yeah. yeah. But it ends up being people's most favorite yeah. part of Star Wars. And Agreed. so it kind of maybe backfired on George that yeah. he's like, nobody's going to care about this. Irvin, yeah. come in and do this. I don't right. want to direct this thing, you know? Um, and of course, it ends up being uh, one of the biggest movies of all time and maybe the best Star Wars movie of all six. 
So the rest is really history as far as that goes. But the most iconic part, I think, of of Empire and what we see on the posters and what we hear about um, people talking about is really the Hoff scene and the AT-AT drivers and the whole shebang there. How did we feel about that the first time around? I I still think that holds up maybe better than any Star Wars action set piece does. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's the snow that does a good, just kind of masks everything, and so the effects look a little bit more believable than they normally would yeah. in a normal daytime. Or I don't know maybe, why. But it, you're right. It looks so good. The and sound it, design. Is the sound awesome, design is incredible, man. and the the, uh, the the craft design is great. The the snow Production speeders design. especially yeah. look so cool as as both just sitting there or flying. They look really cool. The adats are mm-hmm. um, so uh, huge in scope and it just makes it it makes it for again goes back to kind of what i said at the beginning for when we talked about a new hope um it it gives you again a real feeling of the rebels are like really up against it because they're here with these little snow speeders that have a grappling hook on the end basically and like two turret guns and a bunch of dudes with rifles and here come 50 of these huge Four-legged yeah. monster things that look like they could just, you know, crush worlds, let alone these poor little people fighting back. And they're hiding out on an ice planet and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it really gives you a feel for the uh, how how underdog the the rebels are on this sort of thing. And that's I am with you, Ken. I think that is. Um, there are probably other sequences that can get much better than that. And yeah, that and it's funny because it still looks great. It's freaking Star Wars, and the most iconic scene is a like snowplow yeah. scene. Yeah, like yeah. you know, it's yeah. like the opposite of what environment of what you would think yeah. you would get with totally. Star Wars. Yeah. Well, and I think part of what you said, Brian, for it being iconic, is the the nature of the struggle of the battle. Right. Yeah. We we end uh, New Hope, and we've blown up the Death Star. And oh, the rebels are winning! Yay! Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we start Empire with no, no, they're really not. Yeah, yeah. And they're getting blown off the planet, and right. you, you get immediately injected into a scene and a situation of complete desperation. Yeah. I mean, just utter desperation. And at the end of the sequence, basically, uh, someone yells "scatter," <laughs> and yeah. they run. Yeah. That that that's that's how we start Empire. That's how we start kind of the. Uh, the next chapter of Star Wars after sure. we've – the farm boys blown up the Death Star and now that we're coming down from the high, we're going to start with Scatter. Yeah. Yeah. I said – you weren't here for A New Hope, but I said that's one of my favorite things about A New Hope is the conclusion is we get to like literally every person who matters to the rebellion is just sitting on this moon like hoping – I hope that we get to them before they clear the the yeah. planet and blow us out of the sky. And the Death Star, while huge and important and all that, the planet. is like yeah. nothing. I mean, the Grand Moff Tarkin's there, but they have 500 billion you yeah. know, Star Destroyers spread throughout the galaxy. And it's it gives you a real feel, and that continues. It's just right off the bat with Empire of, like, you are right back in the thick of this is a losing battle that mm-hmm. they are fighting. And they're just, you know, tooth and nail trying to stay in it, essentially. Yeah. And we get that 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 nice little moment where Vader senses. Yeah, you know, it's like that is the system. It's mm-hmm. too remote. Mm-hmm. Nope, that is the system. So you yeah. get a, a immediately you get a sense of who are they even fighting? Like right. How how can they possibly stand up? It gives us a strong sense of insurmountable odds. Yeah, I agree. And it's it's crazy that the rebels would pick Hoth to to hide away on because it's a freaking. Mm-hmm. St- 
snow planet. Gosh, yeah. So um, they subjected, subjected themselves to that. But another question, once they realize, they see the uh, the probe, the Empire probe droid, yeah. they realize that the Empire knows where they are. Yeah. We should evacuate this place. Get they the got to get out. out of there. Yeah. By the time they, that all happens, uh, they're basically under attack. Yeah. How do the AT-ATs get from... Star Destroyer to Hoth. I want to like. I want to see how they get. You know, because yeah, I mean, they're some, so right, inefficient they're and giant that you would have thought they how would have had to have been planted there beforehand or some be, kind of landing had to have been fly, fly yeah. down there and like assemble them. I wanted right. to see that. I was yeah, thinking, that would be cool. But you got to remember too. You got to remember how big the Star Destroyers are because in A New Hope. Uh, Luke can see the Star Destroyers from from the ground. Right, um, he's right. looking through binoculars, but um, if they're that big that you can you can be seen outside orbit like that, then they got they've got to have the capacity to have landing craft for these yeah. huge ice monster things. Yeah, that's just something. This last viewing, I was like, yeah. "How do they get on?" Sure, Earth? or maybe the uh, the, the Empire, Empire is so there? flush they just drop them down to the planet <laughs> with no with no yeah. no plan to bring them back up. You yeah, know? that's true. I always, I mean, I just still think that those adats are just so epic. Yeah, yeah they're, they're just really so big. The great, scale of them is just yeah, is so well design. done. And, Definitely. And something else I love about the evacuation is there's nothing Plan A about it. Yeah, you know, like they don't want to evacuate, and now they have to do. Now the they first have to transport is away. Yeah, they have to just flee like and hope, right? Yeah. Uh, and so the princess is supposed to be on one, and Han isn't even supposed to be there. Right. They were trying to leave forever ago. And, and so the whole the whole of Leia and Han getting stuck together in the Falcon flying out, that's not even plan A. That's right. not even plan B. You know, it, it, everything about it feels appropriately desperate. It, yeah. it yeah. really is scattered. Just go. Just run. Yeah, we'll figure it all out later. Just get out of here. Yeah, it's we incredible. definitely have some of the best banter or yeah. character building between Leia and Han. Definitely, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. while they're in Hoth, it's it's almost as good as the banter between Padme and Anakin <laughs> on the hillside. <laughs> I wouldn't like, take it. Sand that is far. so coarse. <laughs> it's the coarsest. Gosh. Sand is the coarsest. Dude. Yeah, it really it's is. just so coarse. <laughs> I, I hate to admit so this, but you know how coarse. guys. <laughs> You know how guys use the uh, use lines from movies to woo women. I've used that sand one hundreds. Dude, it works always every time. Works. Bro. I always love hearing about how coarse yeah. that sand is. She says, "Let's go to the beach. I'm coming back with the sand." Uh, yeah, girl. You know what else is on the beach? Sand. Of uh, course, though. That is. It is always great, and you see, there's hints at it in the first movie, but you get a sense that Leia's more into Luke, which is kind of awkward, yeah, yeah, given what we know Yeah, now. definitely. And intentional, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a little bit of tongue in that kiss. <laughs> <laughs> that kiss comes in this movie. I oh, think. yeah. yeah. Uh, but it sets up, I guess, the relationship between Han and Leia. The, they hate to love each other. They love each other, but they don't want to admit it kind of thing. Yeah. And it also offers us a bit of comic relief, too. Well, and it leads to the one of the greatest lines in film history. The, like yeah. Set aside Star Wars. I mean, one of the great right. lines in, in all of film. Exactly. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. 
Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. So what else do we get on Hoth? We get a big battle. We get Luke uh, flying a snowspeeder. The snowspeeders themselves are awesome. I love the design on those. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my favorite parts. Uh, one of the only toys I had growing up was the snowspeeder. It's yeah. so cool. Just the, like the cool. Wings. Great yeah. to work together well, with you somebody. Had, you too. had Dak who felt like he could yeah. take on the whole empire by himself. Yeah, he could. <laughs> Settle down, Dak. 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 Just chill, yeah. Dak. Dak did a lot of cocaine right before he got in. It's like, Dak, you're not even facing the front of this. Yeah. You can't. You're you just shoot it. that grappling gun, yeah. buddy, and chill yeah. The whole job yeah. is to ban a grappling gun. Yeah. I don't know that we're going to use it, to be honest yeah. with you. Only if we get really desperate, we we'll need you, Dak. Yeah. And he gets smashed by a ad at driver as oh, he's poor Dak. as their oh, yeah. ship crashes or he gets shot first actually yeah. and then smashed Luke didn't even try to get Dak no, out of he, that thing he's like give no, me my lightsaber yeah. he's like give me my gear man what are you doing <laughs> he's like running away Dak I could yeah. still be alive he's oh, like Luke but my lightsaber <laughs> um oh it's really I mean what else is there to say about that scene other than, you know, Luke taking down the ad by himself, which grapples really himself cool. up there with the little cord and yeah. cuts which a hole in it. Which is the beginning of Luke coming into his own as, as a, not just a character, but as a force in this universe, yeah. I guess. This you have to kind of... Jedi stuff, but you're seeing... You're seeing the stuff that uh, – why you're, he's You're special. transforming from a farm boy who might have gotten lucky into, right. oh, right. we, we Yeah, really he can actually contribute here, here yeah. yeah. There was none of that in the prequel trilogy of, like, I'm a Jedi. Let me use my Jedi powers and knowledge to get myself out of this situation. Yeah. Almost never happened before. It's yeah. like, yeah. well, they don't want to fight with lightsabers. Then I guess I'm screwed, you know? Like, right. he was yeah. using his kind of in, ingenuity and sure. knowledge of the world yeah. to, like – you know, take down the empire. Yeah. I always like that, mm-hmm. like the David and Goliath scenario. Sure, uh, there. Uh, any other thoughts on Hoth? Well, we do get. We got to talk about the Wampa, and we got to talk about uh-huh. the ghost to old Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's the first time we uh, we finally see Ben. We 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 see him, you know, and he tells him to go to Dodego Bond Yoda, uh, which is just a massive. I mean, it is the plot. You right, know, it and it's kind of an interesting yeah. thing. Like, how does he find out a ghost visits him? Like, yeah. Yeah. we just kind of write that off. Like, of course, a ghost visits him and tells him to go to Dagobah. There's a uh, there's a little piece of lore here if you're if you're curious where I'm it's not. accepted we that know. it's accepted that Qui Gon Jinn is the one who developed that technique yeah. to exist yeah. as really? a force ghost beyond death. That's at death. the end of Episode Three. Yeah, and, I don't remember uh, that. And he he, uh, he has taught it to yeah. Uh, Obi Wan, yeah. and he's taught it to Yoda, and that's why, that's why not every Jedi. I think it's probably just explaining a why. Yeah, yeah you're just explaining Jedi something away. Ghost. But but it is an interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. at the very end of Episode Three. What's Yoda, the line? Yoda tells uh, Obi Wan, "You're going to take this kid to to Tatooine, and while you're there, I have some training for you to do because your your uh, Qui Gon has learned how to." return from the nether okay. world or something like that in spirit form and so i'm going to teach you how to commune with him essentially okay yeah so i remember that line i didn't make it, that connection. it more or less just explains why ben kept going 
and uh, you know it explained why we can still have, why we have a couple of force ghosts but not like everyone right you know where's right. mace where's yeah. all these other people so but just a little bit tidbit for you yeah so he shows up and sends him on the way which is uh very mm-hmm. relevant to where we're gonna head in empire send me on my way which, yeah. uh that is very relevant. And one more thing about Hoth I wanted to mention. Leia is like the the commander of the army here, kind yeah, of random. Sort of, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, she did such a between... bang-up job of keeping uh, the moon on uh, the base on Yavin 4 safe. Yeah, that is true. And uh, one other thing I have here about Hoth, Vader himself yeah. goes down to Hoth. Yeah. He's handling it, man. Like, He's he does this in, in, in Jedi as well. He's like, it's like Jerry Jones. <laughs> oh, they're down there. I'm gonna go down yeah. there. Like he he's freaking Darth Vader. Why can't he just be like, go down there and gotta, kill them now? Gotta take a, take care of it himself, man. He's he's that's just asking guy. to die though. Well, is come on, it not? All, he's Darth Vader. He's not gonna die. We've all seen the stormtrooper shoot. He knows what he's actually <laughs> sending down there. Yeah, that, I, that's right. But isn't that line in A New Hope like? This could only be the work of Imperial Stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah which is I know. like that. They can only shoot no. Jawas. No. <laughs> yeah, they, they're Look so at the accurate. of these blasters. <laughs> yeah, I think that's ridiculous too. So that's it for Hoth. I- iconic, great, awesome, yeah. and still point. I could watch that thing on loop. I'm not and I think yeah. very organically sends our two parties off in different directions. Right, and yeah, we, I, we actually do cool. see them fly away in separate directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke goes to the Dagobah system. Han it goes to. An asteroid field, and and something that's missing in a large part in the original. I mean, in the prequels, you, you actually have like a kind of a heartfelt conversation between him and R two, and he's programming it. Right. It's like, well, we're not rejoining the rest of the fleet. We're not. Yeah. No, we have to go here. Yeah. You know, and it's I know what I'm doing. You know, it's it's just kind of a cool little right, a cool little exchange. Yeah. Let's talk about Dagobah. Um. I was never really a fan of this. This was always the kind of the, if I was a kid, I'd fast forward through this stuff. Creeped me out, man. Yeah. Yeah, When I saw it as a wee lad. Same. I I never was a Dagobah guy. Yeah. As an adult, it's great. And it works really well. And and it, I think if if that movie is made today, that's like a six minute montage scene with one song behind it. But it's, it's done. It's, this is a patient movie. Swamp thing. And I think that's out. the difference between it and some of the. It's so patient the other because two. so yeah. little happens. Yeah. Like, if you were to write down everything that happens on a right. sheet of paper, it's so short. Like, how do we stretch this into two and a half sure. hours? Yeah. Okay, let's but give it, us 30 minutes of Dago Brown. Finds a dude on a log, yeah. lifts yeah. some boxes. But he does, they do, Kirshner and company, they, and Kaz and the writer, they, they really take time to um, let that kind of breathe yeah. in each spot and Gosh. it gives you a that's why the film is as, as deep as it uh-huh. is and, and has uh, so much weight to it well, and they pull of off stuff. a Muppet talking to a ghost yeah. so well, drawing an yeah. emotional yeah. response yeah you know he's brash was I any difference right yeah. I, incredible yeah you almost forget and I I had forgotten since the last time that that Yoda's even and Dagobah is even in Jedi the movie Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you you yeah. associate it so closely with with Jedi with uh, Empire, right? And this last time when I was watching Jedi, um, you do get emotional when he goes he goes back to Dagobah to see Yoda. I guess right. for the last time, yeah. whatever it is, you do get emotional. It's just crazy so the risk that you would take as a filmmaker right. and as George Lucas coming off Star Wars to like hell. The main Jedi Master, yeah, he's a green Muppet. Right. Basically, Muppets yeah. back then was the Muppet show was big, and, like, you're yeah. not fooling anyone back then to know, like, 
that this is a puppet or, right. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so that's not a... <laughs> it's not, not a real sh- guy. Sorry, man. Wow. <laughs> Breaking the wall there. It's well done. I mean, Breaking it's... And we didn't talk much. We talked a little bit about Yoda in the uh, pre when we talked prequels, but so much of Yoda is this movie, and so much of his speech pattern I felt like was him just like trying to get words out. Like he yeah. knew a little bit of English, but you know the sentence structure wasn't correct. But this is the only way I can say it. In the prequels, it's so meditated so on overdone too. On I'm going to speak this way. I am. You know, right. it's yeah. so. It doesn't work. It doesn't. You don't bit. get that feeling. It's yeah. a bit at that point, right? right. It's and character and uh, it was charming in the Jedi, first one. It's just bit. annoying in the yeah. in the prequels. Yeah. And so totally I don't. Agree. I don't want to point that out. That yeah. it's just it's frustrating it's, and annoying. Yoda is yeah. barely poorly written in the original. Oh yeah, in the uh, in the prequel in the trilogy. Prequels, yeah, uh, but Yoda's great here, and it is risky. You could have just put some dude, you right. know, some kind of scary looking guy, that kind of homeless, you know, swamp guy yeah. in there, yeah. and he could be Yoda, yeah. the all powerful Jedi, but. It, to make it a puppet and a small puppet at that yeah. was are so risk averse when when he had almost nothing to lose yeah like there's nothing I mean that those movies all sucked and we all still love Star Wars so there was really nothing at stake for him and he took zero chances and with these the original trilogy especially with these first two movies there's a lot of, of spots where you're like that's not the decision that a studio typically no, would have well, made in that situation i, I think and, it's it's so quick to forget uh american graffiti was considered risky thx 1138 yeah, was considered yeah, yeah. sort of groundbreaking at least in, in the themes that he's willing to touch like uh, lucas was just the side of avant-garde i mean he was young hollywood he was the man right and so he was coming out guns blazing with right. this is this is my space movie and it's different than your space movie. Yeah. This is the sequel to my space movie and it's more Godfather 2 than Buck Rogers. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's uh, there was risk taking. Like he was still trying to prove himself. He was still Yeah. You're right, Brian. It's it's about risk. It's yeah. about laurels and sitting back on them. It was he was still a filmmaker and and I'm not entirely sure what he was when he made the prequels. Yeah. We hope everyone is enjoying our Star Wars marathon, but this would not be possible without our good friends at Audible. Now is a great time to head on over to audible.com slash mad. That's audible.com slash M-A-D to snag your 30-day free trial. And now is an awesome time as well to get a uh, Audible recommend from Richard Barton. My Audible recommend this week is... Life Itself by Roger Ebert, a patron saint of our podcast. American Treasure Roger Ebert. It, uh, this is true. American Treasure Roger Ebert, uh, narrated by a great character actor and great narrator of book and documentary alike, Edward, the late Edward Herman. Roger Ebert's life is certainly one that's worth reading, and, and his opinion on a lot of things, in addition to film criticism, is, is worth learning. And uh, I highly recommend it. And, and Life Itself is just a great book. They made a, a documentary about it, but the book itself is, you know, the documentary is an hour and a half. The book is, is 14 hours long on Audible. So you're going to get a lot more detail. Audible.com slash mad for your 30 day free trial. They have Life Itself by Roger Ebert, as well as over 180,000 other titles for you to peruse. And you will never be bored again with Audible. You can plug those bad boys in your ear and listen at any point during your day that maybe you have a down moment or two and, and learn a thing or two. I've been a, a member for five, six years, somewhere in there. Couldn't couldn't recommend it higher. It's one of my favorite services out there. Audible.com slash mad for your 30-day free trial and uh, support our friends of the show. Thank you. 
I know we're going to get to this in a minute, but I think it's worth noting that this is the of the six. This is the first. This is the one with the least amount of direct Lucas influence, mm-hmm. uh, and it is the first one, the first time that he hands the script and hands the helm over to someone else. He's right. still heavily involved, and for the better. I mean, Lucas has always been a visionary, especially back in that time. Uh, but you're taking his vision now, and you're giving people with, uh, you know, a penchant for writing and somebody who's good with the lens, yeah, the chance to to really turn it into something, and it's magnificent. I wonder the chain of events that led to Lawrence Kasdan being involved in Star Wars. Yeah, I don't you know. know. I don't know that backstory. Like what what yeah. relationship he had with Lucas? Like, yeah, you could, you know, what I mean here. Go for yeah. it. I don't know because there had to have been a great trust there for him to turn it over. I mean, he wasn't near the controller yeah. that he that he is uh, now or was during the prequel era, but um, to be able to to have the courage, I guess, to hand that over or the trust to hand it over and say, yeah, I think this guy can do it. This is um, a big moment. Yeah, I'd like to know the backstory on that, and I don't know it. Yeah, Kobe, Kobe Bryant is retiring. I know. Just I saw, broke. Uh, Seriously? End of the you'll year. Never, Mamba! You'll never forget where you were or you heard the news. <laughs> Mamba! I think he retired three years ago. Yeah. Of course, I think we're going to get into a little bit of trouble when we tell people that this is the week of uh, <laughs> Force Awakens or however close oh, it is. Oh, yeah, that is. I mean, <laughs> we, recording we just this, locked ourselves We're recording this in advance. I don't know if you could tell by now. <laughs> uh, iconic scene uh, later... It, with the uh, asteroid field and uh, in, and uh, the Millennium Falcon flying through there. The score on that, too. So Seriously. fantastic. The score in this whole thing is oh, good. Yeah. This is the first time we get the actual Empire theme. The Empire uh, Imperial March. Yeah. Um, a lot of people associate that with the regular first Star Wars, but it was Empire. Yeah, it's when not that, even in there. When that, uh, it was Empire when that was um, first brought to our attention. Yeah. Uh, asteroid field scene is great. Of course, him uh, going into the worm or whatever, hiding away in the worm. Space worm. That's the space worm <laughs> asteroid. That moment. When, that moment when you don't realize you it's really, a worm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When Han figures out what's going on and just fires a couple blaster shots into it. I, oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's very stuff. clever. Yeah. It's extremely clever. Um, there's always a bigger fish, to quote Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> yeah. There. And uh, that's where he, he was actually inside of a worm in the asteroid field. Um Never tell me the odds. That mm-hmm. is yep. something that... Another great line. Yep. C-3PO, that's kind of a comic relief bit is him telling people the odds of yeah. things and then saying... Han Solo is really cool in New Hope. But he becomes Han Solo in Empire. Sure. Yeah. You know, he, he, I think he goes from kind of cool to like the, the dashing rogue that uh, is, is just iconic right. in Empire. Yeah. How much of the relationship between Lando and Han... Would we want to see expounded upon? I, yeah, I've I'd, always wanted a yeah. movie of their relationship because they're all yeah. buddy cop. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'd okay. watch. A, I, 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 I would love to see that poker game where he loses the Falcon. Yeah, you know, because in my mind, it's not. I know this is super nerdy, but in my mind, it's not a clean hand. It's like everybody's yeah. cheating. Yeah, everybody is cheating to the point that they're convinced that they've won. And Han Solo somehow cheats a little better than Lando. And, yeah, like uh, I. Man, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So we're introduced to Lando Calrissian when Han Solo and crew take refuge at Cloud City. And what do we think of Lando Calrissian, Billy D. Williams? Um, kind of a 
juxtaposition to Han, I guess. Kind of maybe a nemesis at this point to Han. Sort of, yeah. Kind of what he want, wishes he was. Yeah. Um, he, if he didn't owe so much money to Jabba, maybe he would be Lando. Yeah. yeah. But I've always liked the character of Lando. I too. Yeah. And thought he was a really cool, groovy cat. You know, I, Coke 45. I thought it works <laughs> yeah. Coke every 45. time. I, I think... Uh, I love Lando. I think he's great. I think maybe the rebellion's a bit cavalier and making him a general after like twenty seconds. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, you're good. That's a problem for the Jedi discussion. You people can deal with that. <laughs> uh, one thing that I've always appreciated about him is uh, he's he's smarmy at the beginning, but you kind of dig him. You find out yeah. he completely sold him out, and, and but then right before, as an audience, you want to just hate him. He immediately becomes kind of sympathetic again. Yeah. You know, and, and you really capture that sense of, I didn't want this. And he immediately starts back talking Vader and back talking. Everybody's like, no, 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 no. This wasn't the deal. Right. Uh, and, and then at the end, he's the guy who's like, you know what? I don't care if I'm in charge of this station. We got to get you people out of here. Let's do this. Yeah. And uh, it's, I think it's a little underrated how well Billy D yeah. navigated. Being the guy to betray them, right. being the guy responsible for Han, <laughs> to quote Kevin Smith, get frozen in carbonite and towed off by Boba Fett, uh, to get to have all the bad happen to him, but get out of it as sympathetic and as easily able to latch yeah. on to him as a hero. Yeah, you got to have a lot of charisma to pull that off, and that's, I mean, Billy I D. Williams did, yeah. oozes charisma. Billy D is my man. Yeah. Love me some Billy D. I would hang out with him. Any day of the week. I hope he returns to the. How about a Tuesday? Jam with him a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Cool. Yeah. That's he's, the ultimate uh, test. You know, he's voicing himself on uh, Rebels. So really? That's been he is. Fun. Cool. Yeah. yeah, he's a character. Like I said, that I would like to see explored more uh, in future uh, iterations of Star Wars. And it's crazy that there's such a um, controversy regarding John Boyega, right? Because he's black and. Everyone forgets Lando as a black character yeah, and a very yeah. prominent one right. at that. He was a general in, yeah. uh, in Star Wars. Totally earned it. Yeah. Totally earned it. <laughs> it's a cool. A Rooney roll. <laughs> I've always thought. Affirmative it. action, apparently, in the. Uh, in I've the always Empire. thought that uh, Cloud City was a really cool setting for. It was. Yeah, it was very cool. Very interesting. And the, again, the, the production design is really stinking strong. And once again. And that's Lucas. I mean, that's yeah. a lot of Lucas there. It is. It is. It is. It's just weird that we've got so not that 15, 20 years later. We never really talked on Dagobah about the uh, the scene where, okay, so Luke is being trained by Yoda, but he also has a sort of hallucinogenic scene or dream sequence yeah. where he sees himself. Uh, maybe he, he's going to become what he hates. Yeah. Is that it? Maybe not doomed to repeat the steps of his past or of his family, but maybe just yeah. I think it's as that, as that. I, beyond. Even if he doesn't turn out to be uh, related to Darth Vader, I think it, it's supposed to be a a symbol of this is what you can become if you're not you know if you're not going to stay on the right path. This is where you. This is where yeah, you and and as an audience, we don't know that Darth Vader's right. not really there either. Yeah, he could yeah. he could have just killed him just now. Yeah. We didn't we yeah. didn't know it was a dream sequence. Yeah. But, at the time it's hard to kind of see luke's face there too when the mask is blown away mm -hmm. we like is he darth vader like right. maybe it, it's just like now we know but at the time if you were seeing that for the first time it would have been very yeah. confusing and, and i think uh, you're you're right on it i think it's two-pronged i think it also serves to foreshadow but 
when a script is good, you don't know the foreshadowing until you've already seen it. Right. You know, you see the end and then realize what it was calling towards when a script is really good. But I think there are two great lines there, too, that set up that moment. You have uh, Yoda, first of all, say, uh, you, uh, you won't need that. Uh, you only the only thing that's in there is what you bring with you. Yeah. something along mm-hmm. those lines. And then uh, one of the great chilling lines: um, "I'm not afraid." You will be. Yeah. You know, uh, which is incredible. You know, and then I mean, it immediately fades into the next. Yeah, yeah, it's and, really and good. You, you know, he's gonna yeah. face himself in yeah. there. Uh, so I think, yeah, it serves to show. I don't think when I saw it, and I saw it young, I don't think I was able to make the jump to this is what you could become. Uh, I, I think it's. I, I think at best I made it to. I thought he like think licked. you're fighting Vader, but you're really fighting yourself. Sure. Like that's as far as I was able to get to it. Um, I think all of that is there, but I certainly think a lot of it is the foreshadow. Um, but you're not you're not going to know the foreshadow until the reveal. I thought maybe like licked a frog or something and <laughs> ate some cool mushrooms. Yeah, something. Yeah, something happened and uh, he just tripped out like I did when I was very young. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Uh, Let's see what else. Speaking of Vader, Vader takes it into his own hands once more and shows up on Cloud City. Yeah, awesome. Um, Another cool scene where... He doesn't believe in middle management. He chokes him out. He does all about that. And he shows up with Boba Fett this time. Yeah. Yeah. So the bounty hunter scene is such a... Was my favorite scene when I was a kid. In that movie, at least. I loved... With Bosk and everybody. Yeah, Bosk and IG-88 and Zuckus and all those guys. I thought that was so cool. Can I make a public confession? Yes. I I apologize. I don't... I don't fanboy for Boba Fett at all. Like, I I really don't. I've never gotten it. Yeah. You know, uh, I am as big a Star Wars. If you've listened to any of these, I can, <laughs> I am as big a Star Wars fan as you can get. Like I, I really am. But this is where we introduce Boba Fett. He has his one line. You know, uh, he's no good to me dead. Right. Uh, he has his line. You know, we have that cool line by Vader. No disintegrations. We get to meet IG88 and Bosk and and Dingar is there. All these cool. I'm saying all these names to prove yeah. that I'm a fan. Uh, we, we have all of these great bounty hunters, and it's awesome. The whole idea of him sending out bounty hunters to go get Han and all, it's just fantastic, right? I'm, all, I'm for this all the way. Except he's got that one little scene. He's the guy who flies away with him. He doesn't even really do anything in Empire personally other than be the guy who's flying when they get away with 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 han yeah and then of course in jedi he stands there against the wall he pulls his gun once and 
then in the skiff fight, he shoots like two people and then gets punked by a drunk Han. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't understand how he's he like the third most popular. Yeah, he doesn't come off as much of a badass as you would think. Yeah, and he's like the third most popular, powerful Dude, you know, oh, who's your favorite? Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett. Yeah. Not to mock all the fans, but I just, I can't, I don't, I don't understand how it. There's, it an, got there's to a where very simple is. explanation uh, for this, Jason. It's Please very simple. Enlighten me. He looks really cool. Yeah, he, does. he looks <laughs> really. Cool. It. I mean, it's really. Yeah. It. Here's the deal: all iterations <laughs> of the Mandalorian battle armor. See, nerd. All the iterations of the Mandalorian battle armor are fantastic. So but go ahead and ask me my favorite reason. Star Wars character. What's that? Ask me my favorite Star Wars Who's character. Salacious Crumb. Nice. I like it. Done. It's the same reason, Jason, that the Captain Phasma toys are flying off the shelves right now. <laughs> Nobody knows what Captain Phasma's role in. Is the Force Awakens yeah. is yeah. looks really cool. Know. Phasma looks awesome. Yeah. So I that's don't even favorite. know who that is. So <laughs> it'd be I cool if he's just so weak. Force Awakens. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I dropped my gun. He's purposefully <laughs> making like. Yeah. And yeah. George has said before, and he said, uh, I don't know if it was after Jedi or what. He said, yeah. Um, well, Boba Fett. It was a character they they put out in a comic book, maybe after the original movie, because they started did a Marvel comic series. Yeah. Boba Fett was in that series. Fans really liked him. They thought he looked really cool, so they put him in the movies. And they didn't know what he was. They knew he was a bounty hunter, but they didn't really have a role for him or anything, and uh, and all that. So, yeah, I I guess he's he's cool. He's cool. There's there's a mysterious element to it. Very mysterious. I'm kind of the same way. I never. I but. I never really cared all that much in the movies about Boba Fett, but sure. then like when all the when all those books and comics and all that stuff got published in the mid yeah. to late nineties or early to mid nineties, anything that involved Boba Fett, I was like, "Yep, I'm in on that. Well, I want to read that because it's just I don't know. There's a weird. There's a he seems like such a mysterious figure, and you can't really figure out what he's yeah. all about. And, and I'm jazzed for the the possible prequel movie. Right. A while back, I, I saw a news saying a news. I saw a news. I saw a news. <laughs> I did a business. <laughs> I did a business. Uh, so, sorry, brother. A news I, I, I saw uh, a news article suggesting that Michael B. Jordan is being looked at for the prequel. And I be, got genuinely. To be Boba Fett? To be Boba Fett. And yeah. I got genuinely excited. I'm like, oh, oh, that yeah. would be awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like I'm completely down on the character. It's just right. I, I, I'm still, I'm always still a little surprised that Boba Fett is as big as he is in the fandom world based on how he actually exists in the sure. movies. Yeah. I, think, I think it has a combination to do with what Brian said and what I said. He looks cool, and we don't know much about him, so yeah. everyone kind of yeah. takes ownership of him and yeah. um, has bigger plans for him. If I don't, so cool, why I think, does he have time to just hang out at Jabba's Palace for four <laughs> well, I, I think Lucasfilm feels the same way. It's like there's not much yeah. to else we... We sort of told you his, his backstory yeah. in the prequel trilogy, yeah. and there's but much there's else an entire there was a video game in the early 2000s that was just I think it was it's called Star Wars Fett. Bounty Hunter. Yeah, or something, right? I think it was Django, but same same difference. And there's a ton of books and yeah. and comic books and stuff about that are just revolving around him. It's yeah. funny. It goes back to that Patton Oswalt bit where he's like. He hit one of his bits is that if he could ever go back in time, he would go back to 1995 and murder George Lucas before he could make the <laughs> because he's like, oh yeah, you like Darth Vader? Oh, I love Darth Vader. Well, we get to see him as a little kid. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Oh, you like Boba Fett? I love Boba Fett. We yeah, get we get him. to see him as a little kid. That sounds terrible, you know. 
I think that's very, very true. <laughs> it really well, does he like fight and stuff? No, we're just kind of like his <laughs> mom he, dies uh, and he's sad. Yeah. Uh, he watches <laughs> Boba Fett sees his dad and he uh, beheaded. So yeah, there you go. That is a cool shot though. When when so when awesome. Django dies and he picks up the helmet. Yeah. Doesn't he like? He's looking at it and he like actually presses his head against. it. I right? still think there's room for it's Boba Fett awesome. in the Force Awakens trilogy. Sure. He's a little old. I mean, because you got to do the thirty years, and we know that he was so what like fifty six. Maybe he was in the uh, Sarlacc pit and he preserved himself. With, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I bagged on him, but if that prequel's first shot isn't him crawling out of the Sarlacc, I'm yeah. going to be upset because that is the money shot of money shots. Yeah, yeah. hearing some black, like you see the skiffs drive away. There's wide shot of the desert, maybe panning across the desert. So the, like the first shot of the first trailer of the new Force Awakens. Yeah, and you uh, just see a fist. Burst through the sand, <laughs> yeah. and it's Boba Fett's glove, yeah. and uh, he he flies out with the jetpack and yeah. goes yeah. immediately like he, you you see his wrist and it says like Han Solo target acquired <laughs> and he like goes immediately to like kill Han and then that they just awesome <laughs> and then they just twist all the cannon like the first scene yeah. is him killing Han Solo wait whoa whoa hey, what a second whoa. <laughs> wow it would not. It would not surprise me if something like that happened. Yeah. Like, but he's I think in episode you, seven, right? I think you could do it. I think the best way to do it, and now that this movie's coming out, it may it may mess that up. But to like, I think you could Deadpool it really well and have him basically breaking the fourth wall yeah. and or narrating his own thing. You know, the hand busts out and it's well, how did I get here? You know, and yeah. Yeah. go from <laughs> Army of Darkness from there. Yeah. My name is Boba Fett. Yeah. We, I yeah. am a slave. Well, do we have any specific more thoughts about Empire? We can move on oh, yeah, and we, talk let's, uh, Jedi. Yeah, I, I stalled the plot. I apologize. Yeah. Talking about Boba Fett, when last we left off, our intrepid heroes, the bounty yeah. hunters, had shown up. Uh, Darth Vader had Vader. shown up, um, right. and we get a, also a battle between Luke and yeah, Vader. That, that's the most iconic yeah. moment that takes you know fifteen or twenty minutes. But that's that's the most iconic scene in in the franchise. I think leading up to, anyway yeah. the the. The conclusion, anyway, the culmination. But what I like about it too is, again, talking about a, you know, Plan A and Plan B. Something else that's kind of cool just about it is, the uh, Han Solo frozen carbonite is one of the biggest things about the Star Wars universe. It's iconic. It's amazing. It's incredible. How can you do that? And it was an afterthought by Vader. Yeah. He just did it to test it to see if he'd stay alive so that right. he knows if he can capture Skywalker right. that way. That's the whole plan. Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, let's freeze this guy. And everybody, everybody, Lando and Boba Fett included, are like, whoa, hang on. Yeah. That wasn't part of it. And Vader's like, I don't care. I just right. need to make sure this that he's going to survive. This is not part of my plan. I don't give a rip. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Han Solo doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Uh, which is fascinating. And I don't think we can leave that scene without... One of the greatest lines in cinema, right? You know, uh, incredible moment. Everybody's crying. I love it's, you. I I know. Yeah, yeah, everybody's crying. It's shot beautifully. It's lit beautifully. Yeah, this That's tragic just a baller moment. moment. That's yeah. That, she that, finally that, reveals her feelings, and he looks back at her and hits her back with, you know, she yeah. I, reveals her feelings. I love you, and hits her back with, I know. Yeah, incredible. That that original script was I love you. I love you too. Yeah. Didn't, they Harrison said it didn't Ford's feel right, and then they let Harrison Ford improv it, and that's what they got. Yeah. So. What do we get when Harrison Ford improvs? We get that, and we get Indy firing the gun at the guy with the sword. Yeah. Yep. yep. That was a good moment as well. That's from Indiana great. Jones Raiders. But yeah, leading into that ba- the the lightsaber battle, and it the way that it moves in stages almost from mm-hmm. the first the first bit looks like Luke might have him and then the second bit it's like no I'm taking you seriously now and yeah. you're in trouble and well and he's 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 luring him he's, right. he's backing down trying to get him into the into right. the trap yeah uh which then of course leads us to the reveal which 
I'm too young to remember, but uh, and Kent, you may know more about this as far as like global reaction to it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm too young to remember it. Uh, I remembered that Luke, that Vader was Luke's father before I remembered anything from the movie. Yeah. Um, but apparently, globally, I mean, that was a lose your crap kind of moment. Yeah. I Lucas talked about it, and he says the psychology. Like he went to psychologists about this like what is this going to do to people when they find uh-huh. out that mm-hmm. this happens yeah. like what physical reaction are they going to have and the psychology said like most young viewers would be in denial like they wouldn't believe that sure that that was actually the truth and so that's why in return of the jedi they have that scene with with han or i mean uh with luke and leia where luke tells leia about all that yeah and basically like you're my sister here's all this he's my father all that um basically to reinforce what we had seen in empire because nobody like everyone left the theater like that's not true like yeah, they're going to yeah. negate yeah, that yeah, in the yeah, next yeah. movie he's like, lying like, he's yeah, Darth Vader's yeah. just saying that because he knows it'll get him angry and right. you know yeah. he wants the rage to boil inside of him or right. whatever well and how um, oh yeah you guys will we'll skip that the, the that conversation in jedi that specific conversation is yeah. brilliant it is really it is great. great yeah uh but i mean for me i believed it uh yeah, I didn't think it was very shocking. I, I just thought, why would you do that to your own son? I mean, sure. you cut his arm off and all that. Um, why wouldn't you say that earlier? You know, right? Uh, why would you go to that length? And you know what's great about it that I think I overlook way too much. I think Vader was sincere in the offer. Yeah, which is what's. It's a crazy cool detail. You know, join me. We'll re- we will yeah. rule. Yeah, the I think universe. so too. I will overturn the over throw the emperor right and will rule his father and son and the scope of that offer i think it's overlooked a lot when you look into the 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 lore and the history and the story of star wars because we we just jump to the end where he throws the emperor well ah, it's a 30 year old movie <laughs> throws the emperor uh down the exhaust port and what? we just jump to the end of <laughs> no. the, yeah we jump to the end of that story but here yeah. Is a really, gosh, Vader's ready to go against the Emperor yeah. right there, yeah, and match up to his son. And and there's something the the there's something in that that I think is really rich and really compelling. Sure. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um, such a great shot. That's so cool. Yeah. The lights, <laughs> the the composition, the shot composition, and the construction of that lightsaber is so great. Just the color. I, yeah. I'm showing them That's like the, the blues shot. and That's the orange the with the. Yeah. Yeah. With the uh, fog and everything, it's just so beautiful, and and you know the lightsabers glowing just makes yeah, it that much better. It's a perfect, it's a perfect, it's movie. A perfect sequence, it's a perfect, it's a perfect movie. movie. Um, we end with, of course, Luke falling down the exhaust right. pipe. Somehow the Millennium Falcon is down there. They catch him and they fly away. He, he speaks to Leia. He speaks to Leia. And oh, she can hear him. I didn't. Yeah. I can't. Your mic is a little. Oh, sorry. There we go. He he speaks to Leia. You know, he yeah. senses Leia and says, "Yeah, you know, Leia." He calls to her and she says, "We have to go back." And Lando's like, "Are you kidding me?" And right. She forces <laughs> yeah. him, which is great. All right. Well, let's give grades for Empire Strikes Back. I'm going to give it an A. Solid. A plus, it's a perfect movie. A plus, I don't know what it's else a, you could it's do. A, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, me. I don't know what else you could do. I'll go. I'll go with Team Kent and go A. I think. Uh, I think Star Wars: uh, New Hope is an A plus. To me, that's the the masterpiece mm-hmm. of all these. This is just a solid effort. 
I think I'm with Brian. I kind of like Return of the Jedi a little bit more than maybe Empire. Return of the Jedi, just my, from my, my memories and like that's what my love for Star Wars stemmed yeah, well, from. Jedi. Well, we're unanimous that our favorite movie, none of our favorite movies, is is Empire. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it's it, surprising. <laughs> yeah. But again, like Richard said earlier, that's the one that as a kid you're the – this is the one you're the least excited about, at least at, at the first hour and a half. You know? Yeah. Like, once you get into – once he gets out of Dagobah and it's a battle in Cloud City and all that, not, that gets real interesting. I can see a lot of kids checking out after Hoth. Yeah. Like that was awesome. Right. And the rest of the movie sucks. Right. You're there. Know. Yeah. You're, you're kind the only, if you're invested, you're only invested because you yeah. think Yoda's cool. That's similar to when you check out after Duel of Fates and come back for <laughs> Sith. Sure. Yeah. And just skip yeah. clones. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, one more iconic scene is Luke using the force to lift the X Wing out of Dagobah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. another. And Yoda have, and he sort of learns the, the power on that oh, one. Is one so good. We just skipped Gosh. over the line. I don't know. Uh, right. <laughs> I'll try. No. Yeah, there is no try. Do, try, or do, do or do not. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I just said that backwards. Well. But it's great, just so like Yoda. It's epic. Yeah, I know Maj. It's epic. All right, well, let's move on and talk about Return of the Jedi. But before we do that, where can I find you online, Jason? Thanks for joining us, by the way. If you lose your mind and need another friend for some reason, <laughs> find me at J Davidson two one four at the Twitter. If you've lost all control, <laughs> follow me at. That's funny. Go ahead, Richard. You can find me at Richard Barton on Twitter or at richardbarton.com. Brian, where would I find you? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill12. Kent, where can we find you? Find me at Kent Garrison on Twitter. Find our show online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Find all of our other Star Wars episodes on our website and on iTunes. And if you like what you hear, leave us five stars on the iTunes or donate the money you're choosing at our website to keep the show going for the next year. Or both. We're going to be doing a pledge drive here pretty soon and... Thanks to all of our sponsors for, for hopping on board. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of fun stuff coming up in the new year. Star Wars is close. Return of the Jedi, our episode will be out within the next few days, so keep an eye on that. And until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs.